0: Welcome to the Seacoast Vineyard Church podcast. We are a vineyard church located in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and we invite you to enjoy this message from God's Word. Hello, good morning. My name is Tim, I'm a senior pastor here at the church, and um, you know. Uh, Welcome, we're finishing a series called This Is Us, where we take a look at some of our values, uh, what makes us who we are, and uh, I can't end this series without talking a bit about the value that we hold of the Holy Spirit and His part in who we are as a church, as a people, uh, as a movement, as a vineyard as well, and I just want to say this, we're going to put more... <clears throat> excuse me, of an emphasis on this uh, come October, uh, right after our our birthday party. And you guys are going to have available to you these spiffy little things like this. Uh, This is a journal. We'll be doing a series called Come Holy Spirit. And uh, this is a journal you can use. And this is a collection of testimonies of how the Holy Spirit has worked in people's lives in the vineyard. And uh, you can use this in your small groups in conjunction together. So these will be available to you at a greatly reduced price. <laughs> of half price from what it cost us. So you're getting, you're going to get both of these for 10 bucks. And uh, this is going to be, uh, it's going to be quite a journey we're going to take together as we look at the Holy Spirit. And that prayer, that old ancient prayer that's become uh, fairly popular in the vineyard, Come Holy Spirit. And today, I do want to touch a bit on, on who the Holy Spirit is in our church and how we see this, how we see the Holy Spirit. And, uh, you know, all of us read our, we read scripture, we come to church, we look at our faith walk through a certain lens. And that lens is made up of our experiences from the past. It's made up from those who have influenced us, those who have given us information. It's made up of the books we've read. It's made up of the hurts, the pains, the hopes, the exhilaration, all of that. The way we look at scripture, we read it through this. It's the only thing we have to interpret what we have. It's not that that's wrong or it's bad. That's just who we are. We're people that are a living narrative. We're stories that read uh, books, scripture, we see life in our story. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean that, that's a beautiful thing. But it is important that we realize that. That sometimes some of the things that rub us wrong. Maybe rub us wrong because of our story in the past. Not necessarily that it's wrong now. Or not necessarily that the information was wrong that we're getting now. And so it's always good to take a bit of a step back. Whenever we begin to talk about something like the Holy Spirit. And his activities in our lives. And because we have so many, such a vast array of traditions in this. This church. A lot of uh, Catholics, former Catholics, and uh, there's like some recovering charismatics like me. Um, you know, and uh, I only want to recover part. And, and so and then there, you know, there's some of you Baptists, like we have, everybody's been a Baptist once, right? So I mean, everybody's been a, I, I mean, yeah, I love the, uh, hey, don't, I'm not picking on anybody. I'm not, I'm not. Honestly, not. I was a Baptist once. And there's still My wife, a Southern Baptist, made me go to church with her to date her, all right? So the only way I could date her is if you're going to go to church. And so that's how I'm not, dear singles, I'm not advocating that as a way of evangelism. And so, but, but, you know, so we've all got our experiences from our past is what I'm saying. And each one of these puts a lens in front of us. And so when we come to scripture, we come to teaching, we come to another church, another body, all of that's in front of us. And all of the information that comes goes through all of that. And so we're kind of discerning and deciphering every bit of information and experience and what we're told. And that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. So anyway, just take that into consideration though. Because as we go to the Lord and we ask Him for what He has to say about something, it's really important that we also realize that He needs to pierce some of those lenses that we have at times in order to... To bring us to a, a, a new place, a refreshing, a place of of maybe aliveness, if that's the word, with him. To reacquaint us with himself. Many times that comes through a, a new uh, awakening and a refreshing. And I believe that all happens because of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one who draws us in and who does that work in us. And reacquaints us with the beauty that is Jesus. And uh, the beauty that is our Father. And so... Uh, It's imperative that we talk about it. We're going to be over in Acts 1. Because of the hurricane, we do not have a fill-in, but I will give you one. If you like writing, you can write it, or text it in. Uh, But flip it over, there's a place for notes. Uh, I have to get my fill-ins done by 11 o'clock on Thursday. Thursday was a brutal day and nobody was here. (laughs) So so it didn't get in. But we'll read it and uh, we'll look at a few things here. So let's read this and then I'll pray. Can we put it up on the screen Here we go, let's read it together. You ready? In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about... After. Lord, bless the reading of your word this morning. Breathe life on it, God. Bring it, uh, just bring it into focus for us. Speak to our hearts, our minds, Lord, as well today. Jesus, we lift our brother Doug Crew up to you. He's preaching at Renovation Vineyard this morning. Pray you bless Doug as he brings your word up there. Doug, part of our preaching team here. Lord, anoint him and uh, use him there to encourage that church. Lord, we pray for the Bahamas this morning. We pray for that desperate need. Uh, God, we pray for all of the groups of organizations who are rallying now to try to get help. And Lord, show us our part in this as well in the days ahead. But we do pray, God, you put the pieces together to care for those folks. And Lord, uh, have mercy, Jesus. And we pray for the Outer Banks, Lord, Ocracoke Island in particular, and and the people that I know up in that area as well on the Outer Banks. God, we pray for them today and pray for relief efforts would get to them quickly and uh, again Lord we pray have mercy Lord help me in my weakness this morning give me the gift of teaching over the next few minutes Lord breathe life on the word that uh, parts of your word that I hope to bring and Jesus we do love you it is all about you and so uh, Lord help us to love you more a little bit more this morning Lord amen amen well in that scripture see you guys you read scripture. I love it. <laughs> you don't know what it does for me like you singing and then you guys reading the Bible like that together it just it's it's an awesome thing when the church itself reads together and sings together. But as he was as uh you guys were reading, I hope you noticed that it said that Jesus, you know, he was eating with them and that was to reiterate that this was a body that had risen, right? He was he's trying to reinforce the fact for us, Luke, the writer of this, Is trying to let us know, look, this is no apparition. This is no mystery. This is a real body. Now, Jesus is not some kind of spooky spiritual weirdo thing going on like this. But the body, though it's different, it's glorified. It's going to be the body like we'll have when the kingdom comes in fullness. It's still his body. He eats. He walks. He talks. He has fellowship. He enjoys company. He enjoys fellowship. It's a view of the world to come for us in the kingdom. Yes, right? And uh, and so you know he, Luke is just reiterating that and he talks about the gift and Jesus says the gift that is coming that's from you know John 14, 15, and sixteen where Jesus is talking about the Holy Spirit coming then he makes reference to John the Baptist because what did John the Baptist do? That's right he put people down in the water right or sprinkled them but he put water on them or however they did it and brought him up people up and it was a baptism it was repentance was his of a turning from the old way of life into a new way of life and and jesus says it's going to be like that that you're going to be baptized you know so with you know the holy spirit and so this is he's painting these metaphors for these guys and then they did you notice these guys still don't get it even at this stage i mean of the game you know he they say is it this time you're bringing your kingdom you know and it's, and I, you know, I find a little bit this very uh, applicable a bit in our day. Because what they were saying is, is it now that we're going to see a political change? That's what they're asking. Are we going to see a regime change? Is this when we're going to get a regime change? Is this when we're going to get things changed and we're finally going to be in power? And I can just see Jesus in himself going, ah, oh, oy vey, oh. You know, it's like, you know, my people, my people, you know, it's like... You know, it's like, look, guys, look, it's not up to you to decide when that's going to happen, all right? You don't need to, you know, that's not. Your deal is you need to go and wait for the Holy Spirit to come. To come and follow me because I got work for you to do, right? I've got work for you to go proclaim the kingdom of God. Don't let that set you back. And uh, one, I love this with uh, one commentary said it this way. God does not expect us to serve and speak for him Without his help. God doesn't expect you or me. Or any of us to do what he's called us to do without his help. He has not sent you out there on your own. He's not like come to Jesus and then go do the best you can. No it's like I'm going to go with you. I'll give you everything you need. Everything you need to do everything I've called you to do. So chill. Relax. Don't get nervous. All right. And another commentary said this about uh, talking about the baptism there with the Holy Spirit. That Jesus will plunge believers into the Spirit of God. And they will be transformed just as John plunged people into the Jordan. And they came up changed. Beautiful. I do want to point out three things. If you want to write a fill-in, then you can decide which one's the fill-in. As I make the statements... (laughs) Which one speaks to you? The first one is this. We believe everyone that believes has received the Spirit. We believe everyone that believes has received the Spirit. If you believe in Jesus Christ as the Son of God. If you believe that he has risen from the dead. That he died for your sins. If you believe that and there's been this change in you and your affections suddenly have been drawn toward him that is where I this is the way I take it the way most of the vineyards take it is that you have been baptized the Holy Spirit into the body of Christ you are now a part of this new community called the church every believer has the Holy Spirit within them every there is no like small citizen, one that's more, less, the more this, the more that. It's not like somebody has the Holy Spirit, somebody doesn't, that's a believer. No, every, you couldn't be a believer without the Holy Spirit in you, right? But we do believe there are subsequent feelings of the Holy Spirit. There is a tension there, right? There's a tension there that I belong to God and that in Him I have everything I need, but at the same time I have this thirst and this hunger and sometimes I know I'm just not Walking the way I should, right? Am I the only one like that? It's like you guys, yeah, you know. Just know that I'm not like, just not. It's just not where it should be. And that's when I realize many times that you, know, the, the, I'm not really the. Re, there needs to be a fresh revealing of the what's inside of me, a fresh revelation and filling of His holy presence and the Holy Spirit. I mean, and. Acts 2, 1 through 4, we read that all the disciples were filled with the Holy Spirit, right? All of them. Then in Acts 4, 8, we see that Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit. Again, that's the second time, right? Acts eight thirty one, it says that all that were there were filled with the Holy Spirit. There it goes again. Acts nine eighteen, it says Paul was filled with the Holy Spirit. In Acts 13, 9, Paul was filled with the Holy Spirit again. Hey, if Paul needed to be refilled, this dude here needs it a lot right here. If Peter needed to be refilled over and over again at times in his life, we all need a fresh revelation, a fresh feeling as we run out of terms to try to describe what this is, uh, exactly how God does what he does. But let me start with this. Every person who believes in Christ, and you've had that change of heart, would think you know God has done something. The Holy Spirit resides in you. God's presence is there with you. His abiding presence to hold, to keep you, to speak to you. The reason you're probably even here is because it was him that pulled you here, drew you here. The reason some of you keep revisiting church or revisiting faith or keep thinking you can't kind of, you just can't seem to get away from Jesus. You can't seem to get away is because maybe at one time you were there You've kind of strayed off, but the Holy Spirit keeps pulling you, pulling you, pulling you, wooing you, pulling you back toward himself. And so we know that there, as another author said, thus we might speak of one baptism, initiation, conversion, or regeneration event, but many fillings, many fillings. So it's not over once we come to Christ We can look forward just as Paul and Peter and the disciples. We can look forward to expect, pray for subsequent feelings of the Holy Spirit in our life. Moments when he makes himself rather known in some wonderful, amazing ways. And we need those refreshing moments. We have to have them all down through the history of the church. There have been moments. We call them revivals a lot of times. There are moments when the Lord has dropped in and people have suddenly realized his very real presence is here. And now some of you, many of you have had moments in time when you know you've been overwhelmed with the love of God at times. And been overwhelmed with the compassion and the mercies of Jesus where you just don't even have words to say. Thank you. You can't. That's the presence of God himself in the Holy Spirit. Secondly, we believe that every... This is your second feeling. We believe that everyone who has received the Holy Spirit can be filled again. Like I said, and again, and again, and again, and again, and again. Are you tired? Are you spiritually worn out? Get to those places where you're like, I'm just... You know, I, I think my faith is... A, you know, I got about that deep right now. You know, you can get to those moments. And that's when we go, Lord, would you... Please, would you fill me with your presence once again? Make yourself known to me. Now you can say, "That's yeah, just emotions. I don't know how we discern sometimes the difference. I finally surrendered probably 30 years ago to this thought that the line between emotions and the actual presence of God making himself known in our lives is not one that I need to really wrestle that much about. I probably need to just embrace the moment with God. And go, yes, Lord. I mean, in that, you know, I'm an auditory, auditory, is that auditory? Yeah, person. And, uh, you know, music sounds draw my attention immediately away. But music pierces my heart. It does something to me. And I used to think, gosh, Tim, don't be so emotional. How do you know that's not just that chord that you like? (laughs) You know, that hits your heart. And finally, I said, you know what? God created music. He created it as part of the palette of him painting his beautiful presence in our lives. I'm just going to go with it. You know, if it if it encourages me and if it like reacquaints me with a love for Jesus and people and what he's doing, I'm going to go with it. I'm just going to let it go. I'm going to embrace it and open my heart to it. It's one of the tools that he uses. And so there's feeling upon feeling upon feeling and If we read the Bible that way, if we read the Bible with an expectation that what I'm about to read is not just old, like Acts 1 here, is not just some old documentation, but I'm somewhere in this story. That the book of Acts is continuing to to come into view in my life. As long as I'm here, there's another chapter of Acts being written. If I see myself in the narrative then it changes my whole you know, perspective of life. It's not like just go to church and feel better about yourself. No, it's like come to Jesus and join the adventure. Where am I in here? Well, you know, there's some stories in here that look pretty similar to some of the things I've experienced in my life. Not that I even knew about them at the time. But then I read some of these things and I'm like, wow, I've seen something like that before. Or if you read something in here and you go, that'd be pretty cool why not use this as a screen, you know, a grid to read and see yourself in the book of Acts or see yourself in John 14, 15, 16 and reading about the Holy Spirit and going again and again and again. And listen, I want to talk, I want to say this to our older members here, of which I'm one. Don't you pull yourself out of the race. Don't you slap a bumper sticker on your faith van and go, I'm spending my kid's inheritance. Don't do it. Don't you do it. Don't you do it. You've got so much experience to give away. You've got the hurt and the pain that you have suffered in your life through loss at time. And you've walked through it and here you are this morning. You have that to give to people who are walking in their lives at times of loss. You have the experience from your businesses. or working for employers and places and the experiences of life that you've been through to give away... It's, you know, my dad's 96, and he goes, I just wonder why God has left me here. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and when I, I'm like, well, here's one reason, you know, right here. <laughs> here's one reason. And so, I mean, make the most of it. Ex- see yourself still in the journey, you know, and look for a feeling again and again, and a real, a reawakening of God's working in your life. And listen, when it comes to our experience with the Holy Spirit, there is no one size fits all. My experience, your experience, God knows you so very well. He knows how to reach you. He knows how to touch you. He knows what, how to get to you. You don't have to say, well, gosh, I really wish I had that. I really, you know, I never had that before. Don't worry about it. God knows what you need. Relax and go, feel me. Just feel me, Lord, Feel me. You know, when I was came to jesus i didn 't know about a holy spirit i didn 't know anything about the Bible and all we We headed off to school we went to this this Holy Ghost Lutheran Church. This reminds me so much of, of my first church this morning because we had communion every sunday and uh I went to a I made the mistake of going to a men 's meeting one night and no it was really wonderful. But, you know, we're doing a Bible study and all of a sudden somebody comes in and they go, he wants to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And the whole group got up and just hit on him like, I mean, it's, you know, flock of buzzards around a dead, you know, roadkill. And I'm kind of like, what the heck? You know, what's going on here? You know, and, and they're all, you know, another vision. And this is terrible to say, but you ever seen the movie I Am Legend? Yeah. You know, when those guys are going... <laughs> 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 around <the end. laughs> Yeah, not good. Well, you know, sorry to put that image in your in your. But you know, hey, I was a Christian for three months, four months. I didn't know, you know, I didn't know anything about anything. You know, all I know is these people, you know, they're praying over this guy, and I'm like, what the heck, you know? And then, you know, this guy starts babbling in some kind of incoherent speech, and and then they look, everybody turns at me, you know. And they're like, would you like for us to pray for you? (laughs) No, that's okay. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Wow. You know, then I went home by myself. Karen had come back here for a wedding and that night a friend of mine from the school was staying in the apartment with me and he came in in tears and he said, Tim, forgive me. I should have never, should have never been so aggressive and wanted to see, you know, you experience what we've experienced. He was just in tears. It touched my heart and he He went back to the bedroom to go to sleep. And so I broke my Bible out. And I said, all right, Lord, if it's in here, show me. Started reading. Read the book of Acts. Got to 1 Corinthians. Read 1 Corinthians. Went on through the rest of the New Testament. Spent like three hours just reading through the scripture. Then I said, dude, it's in there. All right. Laid it down and went, do it. (laughs) Do it. Come on, God. Come on, come on. I want everything. I want everything you've got. Everything you've got. Everything you've got. Do it. Right by myself. And the Holy Spirit immersed me in his presence. And, I mean, I did speak in this incoherent language, you know. I did not tell the guy in the room. I did not tell my wife. I didn't tell anybody for four years. God knew how to get to me. He knew in a group like that was not the way. Right? It was... I'm more of an inward person. And so he dealt with me. But, you know, I would, I would pray. I remember going to Charleston to a surfing contest. And I prayed all the way to Charleston. And I ran out of words. And I'm turning around coming back from the contest. And I'm like, I'm out of words, God. And he said, well, how about try that thing I dropped on you up there in Charlotte? How about that? Okay. So I started praying in tongues. So I prayed in tongues for two hours all the way back to the little <laughs> beach. I didn't tell anybody. It's nobody's business. Right? I didn't know you were supposed to tell anybody. It was between me and God. That's the way it was. Now Karen's experience was different. She was on a ladies retreat. This was probably six, seven years later. We were in assemblies of hallelujah God. <laughs> and so they you know, went off on the, and Karen was Southern Baptist, and this was very strange to her. And uh, they prayed for her. She went alone and into the bathroom, and the Lord filled her with the Holy Spirit while she was there praying by herself, using it as a prayer closet, right by herself in there. And there have been subsequent times after that again and again and again. I was reminded just two weeks ago, I was having uh, lunch with a pastor, uh, Pastor Philip Miles. We started Christ Community Church. It's Seacoast Church. It was taken in by that church in Charleston here last year. And we were having lunch and he said, do you remember that time that, and I'll call him Roger, that Roger called up and uh, in the middle of the night, well, about nine o'clock at night and, the guy that was coming to our church who didn't believe in the Holy Spirit didn't believe in anything but he was a Christian and didn't believe in any of this but he had gotten his leg had swollen up there was a rash on his leg and he calls up Philip and he goes doesn't it say in the Bible that if there are any sick among you you call for the elders of the church anoint them with oil and the the prayer of faith will raise them up Philip goes yeah he says well call the elders of the church grab the oil meet me at the church (laughs) because I can't take this anymore and he says, I'll tell you this, if the Lord heals me, I might even speak in tongues. <laughs> and so the elders were me, a guy named John, and Philip. And so about 9.30, 10 o'clock that night, we met him at our little storefront building that we, our church was meeting in. And uh, we anointed him with oil. He took the bandages off. We anointed him with oil. Every bit of the rash just disappeared right in front of our eyes. Just disappeared completely. And I mean, his skin, this was a big dude, about 6'4", 260 pounds. I mean, a big man. And he's watching it. And Roger had big eyes. He was like, oh my, (laughs) like this. All of a sudden, he jumps up, starts dancing, and started speaking in tongues. (laughs) Now, tongues is not everything, so don't think I'm putting tongues up there as a banner of anything, okay? It's just a part of what God might give. I mean, who knows? Whatever we seem to need, God seems to give it to us. And so, I could give you story a story, unique story upon story. There have been people like Charles Wesley and, and, uh, you know, his brother. There's Charles Finney, different great men and women of faith who down through the ages have been impacted with a special just moment and there's been special moment after special moment after special moment when we've needed it and the Holy, we believe this is your third one we believe the holy spirit is just as at work now as he was then as he was then as he was in acts 1 2 3 4 5 6 7 8 9 10 11 right on up to 28 then 29 30 31 32 right on into our lives We believe the Holy Spirit is just as at work now as he was then. And how you approach that. If you believe that. If you approach life that way. Then you have a much greater opportunity of seeing it. If you know the Holy Spirit is out there operating right now. And moving because God loves this earth. God loves this earth. He loves the people of this earth and this planet. He loves them dearly. He loves them so much. He is right now, as we sit in here, right now, out in Myrtle Beach, all around, doing what he can to pull people to him, to himself. If we believe that, then all we have to do is see it and join him. That's all we have to do. All we have to do is whenever we go in the store or we go into someone's home or... Here in church or wherever we are on the beach. And we believe that God does love the Grand Strand. All we have to do is say, Lord, show me how you're working on them. Show me how you're loving them. Let me come alongside you, Lord. You love them a lot more than I do. Join me. And then your ears, you kind of hear things you never heard before. You hear pleas in their conversations. And you hear a broken heart at times. And you hear an invitation into lives many times to come and share and love we believe he's still active right now he's active in us we believe the Holy Spirit is still doing things everything he did before he's doing now he wants to do more of now looking at this bread we're going to take the last 10 minutes of our service to celebrate communion together we I think the storm kind of helped us out a little bit in some ways because we, we couldn't get our little micro cups ordered in time to get enough of them here. And I love a table like this. I love a table. Listen, if, if some of you are germophobic, the wine will kill the germs, okay? <laughs> um, and if you're in recovery, Jay, where is there. This all, all juice. Uh, <laughs> so, okay, It's all juice. Uh, so you don't have to worry if you're in recovery Uh, but this is called intinction you tear off a piece of the bread right if you get it over here tear off a piece and just dip it dip enough that you can see you can see the red in the bread and then you take it I want to read this could be a moment for some of you when the Holy Spirit does a special work In your life, I want to read. This comes from 1742 from a 19 year old young lady who had prepared for communion all week long in her church. She had fasted, she had been praying. And uh, so when she showed up that Sunday to take communion, here's what she said I cannot express, her name's Catherine Cameron, Scottish lass. She says, I cannot express the joy with which I was filled in the time the tables were serving. And I could not endure to look down to the earth, but look up, mostly to heaven. And thought, I heard Christ speaking to me from thence and saying, Arise, my love, my fair one, and come away. And I saw him, as it were, reaching down his hand and drawing me up to himself. So, Lord, as we celebrate your body and your blood and the sacrifice, Lord, that you made for us, And also that the body, Lord, we are a part of a body now. As you said in 1 Corinthians, we're a part, Lord, of your body. Lord, we celebrate the sacrifice that you have made, but we also celebrate, Lord, the unity of the body of Christ in this too. We pray for the wine of your spirit to fill us this morning, Lord, as we participate in this grand meal. We ask for you to fill us anew, Lord. If there be those who need to be healed this morning, God, would you visit us with healing? If there are those, Lord, with broken hearts, would you visit us with your companionship and your friendship, God? Lord, whatever the need is, would you visit us today? Meet us at the table. Would you rise, please? Thanks for listening to the Seacoast Vineyard Podcast. We are a vineyard church located in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and you can learn more about us by visiting seacoastvineyard.com. If you need prayer, you can call us or email care at seacoastvineyard.com. If you feel called to support us financially through a one-time or recurring gift, please click on the Give tab at our website or text any amount to 84321 and follow the prompts.